Hello, and welcome to In Another World, a podcast about music, movies, cute boys, and the divas we worship. Today is a very special episode, as my guest is Jonathan Hoover, the creator of the Inappropriate Patty account, which has some of the funniest impressions of Broadway legend Patty Lapone I've ever heard. Everything from Patty in Anastasia. Uh, don't fail me now, courage don't desert me, don't turn back, now have a hit. People always said life is full of choices, no one ever had chance fear. To Patty as Cinderella and Into the Woods? And my absolute favorite, Patty as Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. Just me, then the Tosta, then the sweet little guy, like Seymour. Don't match boys of a We go into the origins of the inappropriate Patty impression, discuss the legendary career of Patty herself, and we play a special Mary Fuck Kill Patty Lapone edition with the lady herself. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Hello, listeners. Uh, today's guest is an actor, singer, dancer who has made many people chuckle, including the likes of Bianca Del Rio, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Billy Eichner, and Julie Klausner, just to name a few, with his hilarious Instagram account, Inappropriate Patty, which features some of the funniest impressions of legend Patty Lapone that I've ever heard. I've personally contributed greatly to the number of views on his videos, and I couldn't be more excited to have him here to go into the origins of his Patty and to just go into the career of the icon herself. Listeners, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Jonathan Hoover. Oh man, how do I even come in after an introduction so lovely? That's... We just did it. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing great, you know, as well as one can be in these uh, quarantine social justice uh, crazy times, you know? Yeah, you know, we're all, we're, all, we're all plowing through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, washing my hair less, it's all great. <laughs> yeah, you know, washing our clothes last. <laughs> right, right. But eating at home a lot, which is uh, strangely liberating. I never thought I'd say that. Well, it's funny. I I already kind of cook a lot and consider myself a decent cook, but I feel like most of my friends are going to leave this quarantine being four star chefs. So it's it's a real time of growth. 
Um, I'm a terrible cook and luckily have a partner that loves to cook. And so um, I've learned nothing this entire time. Um, well, at least, is... at least you have him. <laughs> oh, honestly, otherwise I'd be uh, ramen's like sole supporter. Oh, no, that's no good. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the pod. This is a pop culture podcast. So I'm always interested in asking the guests what they've been listening to or watching in the past week. Oh, man. The sad thing is I have been returning to old drag race seasons. We've reached oh, the point mm. where, like, I, I did Ozarks. I did, you know, like, I caught up on all the things I was really excited were coming out during this quarantine time. Yeah. And so, like, now I've reached the point where I'm like, well, I guess it's an SVU kind of day. You know, like, <laughs> it's not. It's so uh, sad. Listening to, I have to be honest, um, I just took over uh, – a room in my apartment and have been sort of cleaning that up. And I have been on the craziest musical theater kick. Like I have not had in a long time in like old school, like Carol Channing's hello Dolly. <gasps> I put on rent the uh, other day. Like oh my. You know, I've been, uh, and that's like uh, parts of my library I've been ignoring for a while. Um, so nostalgia, I guess is my pop culture <laughs> reference right now. How fitting. Yeah, I definitely understand nostalgia. My my problem is every time I go to watch something, I will scroll through, you know, the main screen for about 20 minutes and then I just end up rewatching like Sex in the City or yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's that's Drag Race. Just, that's yeah. literally exactly it. Is like I get so tired of trying <laughs> to figure out like what my mood is for new television that I'm like, you know what? You know who's going to make me laugh is Katya. Let's just do this. <laughs> uh, are you a big Katya fan? Absolutely. Huge uh, stan of Trixie and Katya. They're like... Same. Of all the things to come out of this franchise, if uh is the best thing that's to happen, like, it was all worth it to me. Oh, yeah. For me, it's like, we got uh, and then we got sibling rivalry with Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange. Which I've only just started getting into. Um, I I saw... I, YouTube now basically is just drag videos and Broadway bootlegs <laughs> in, in the recommendation portion. Oh, um, yeah, that's my home screen as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that just one of their uh, video podcasts came up of it. And I watched it and I was like, oh, I need to get into this. <laughs> it's it's funny how enthralling it's been to watch. Um, I'll watch uh, little videos of Trixie Mattel just cooking things in an easy bake oven. Yes, I just watched <laughs> that like two days ago. Or talking about her bar- her talking about Barbies is oh, like all her Barbies. Oh yeah, well, and I was a total Barbie boy. Um, played with all of them. Built a theater no. so that I could put on <gasps> shows with them. That's real. That, That's a story. That checks That's out. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forced my parents to watch me put on Phantom of the Opera with all my Barbies. Um, And so she literally talks about, like, tons that I've owned in a lifetime. And I'm like, oh, my God, I own that. Oh, my God, I loved her. That was my Christine Daae. Oh my! Did your parents allow you to have your own Barbies? They sure did. I had oh, the, wow. I, but I had to pretend that they were for someone else when I was buying them from the store. That was the okay, caveat. Okay. Like okay. I, I would have to be like, yes, Sarah would really love to have the extremely long hair Barbie that will be the perfect Rapunzel and his into the her into the woods. So really, they were <laughs> contributing to your future acting career as well. Oh, fully. I, honestly, this was so that I would stop performing and like go be in a corner 
and like quiet to myself while they rehearsed you know oh my see i only got my <laughs> sister's like hand-me-down barbies like when she was at softball practice i would play with her you know barbie <laughs> dream house and i well i always tell people when i was a child there was one christmas where my parents thought they were getting me the best gift ever and they got me a batmobile with little you know batman action figure and thrown into the package as like a total afterthought was oh and it comes with a catwoman action figure you know if you <laughs> want, if you want the catwoman action figure i i can't tell you where the batman action figure went but it became all about catwoman and she was have like little kikis with barbie and my oh. sister's little she had the like malibu rv or i thought it was like a malibu rv it was some kind of like barbie's rv fantasy uh-huh i'm fairly certain that i had this rv yeah, she would just have little little hangout sessions with Selena Kyle, and it was a great time. <laughs> um, I definitely, that's how I got through having friends that were boys, was, like, the random, like, one girl action figure that they'd have. I'd be like, yeah, I'm totally into, like, the superhero powers, but, like, also, do you see how, like, cute she looks? Oh, yeah, and I, I also would always play the girl in video games as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was the pink Power Ranger, like, oh, the yeah. whole, you know, like, the whole thing. Oh, I was, yeah, the pink Power Ranger, she was, I mean, I wanted that outfit. Like, was there a more beautiful outfit ever Um, created? I don't know how old you are, so this probably is before your time, but. I'm 33. uh, Okay, I'm older still. Uh, You are slightly older. Maybe, maybe. Um, But. uh, Allegedly. uh, Allegedly. um, The subway did a gay a, a toy giveaway where if you got like a certain amount of sandwiches you could get these power ranger glasses that squirted water out of the front oh. and i remember asking for the pink one and the like clerk being like are you sure you don't want like blue or the green and it was like no one ever wants blue like first right? of all like you know oh well blue is still one of my favorite colors but in terms of power rangers like no i want to be her hello well, i i was more referring to the characters than the yeah, yeah, yeah. color themselves <laughs> well, well considering that i've only chosen sports teams on by what their colors are um <laughs> when watching a game and you know <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like who has the cuter uniform like uh, or the like, cuter players those are the only two qualifying well factors. that's yeah who has the better thighs and then I'll I'll, right. I'll root for them I'll root for them soccer everyone in soccer that's who oh or rugby um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, see they're, they're, I see you I see you so in doing my research on you I discovered that you were a singer at the Sondheim birthday concert I mean, yes, that's like, um, it's one of those, like, there were 200 of us, you know, well, that, sure. it, um, doing that Sunday thing. Um, but still, like, one of the raddest experiences of my life. Oh, like, yeah. Um, I still can't even find myself in the video, though. <laughs> uh, well, but, but you were there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so, that was so neat, especially, um, you know, there were huge celebrities in it, and we were like, kept in a separate area but like Mm. still in our little pod of people were like nancy opal and like other (sighs) broadway names that like aren't necessarily like sondheim's group of people but that just wanted to be involved in the concert that that part of it was super rad oh my god well and you got to be in the you know same building as bernadette and mandy doing oh yeah and like I like 
this isn't exactly the way I'd want that to happen. But like, if I, as a little gay boy who was like hoping to move to New York one day would have known that I could be in a Sondheim concert at Lincoln Center, <sighs> even if just for three minutes, yeah. um, was, and also, um, my greatest uh, love is 30 Rock. Um, <gasps> it's, yes. It is, it is, I, I am Liz Lemon. It's just who I am. And <laughs> where I sang was sitting, uh, I was up in the boxes, the like first row of boxes on the right hand or left hand side. And Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin were the two people on the aisle of right where I was stationed. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, remember all the words? <laughs> Oh God! Oh God! Oh, I love Thirty Rock. I, I'm obsessed with Jenna Maroney. I think Absolutely, it's a, crime. it's a crime that she did not win a single Emmy, or I think was not even nominated once for that show. And it's a travesty, a complete travesty. I'm surprised by that. I, you know, there's a weird disrespect for Jane Krakowski, who is just consistently brilliant in so many things. In everything. And, in everything. I just don't get it. I don't. I mean, I'm like. Poor thing. She had to do She Loves Me the year of Hamilton. Like, you know, like... <laughs> right. So sad. Um, but I will never, ever forget seeing her in Nine and the first oh. entrance that the ladies make is coming down a spiral staircase and you just see these, like, legs break the top <laughs> of the proscenium and it was like, who is that? Whose legs are... And of course it's hers because she knows how to make her fucking big toe sensual. She's just well, like... She can belt upside down, you know? Like, oh, you know. oh, that whole number. Such a gay fantasy. I remember seeing... Well, first of all, the film of Nine is a whole other topic. But I still I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it. You know, and I... I you're probably fine. I don't know. <laughs> it's on my list okay. because I'm a nerd and love to know everything about musical theater. But like... Uh, the idea of specifically that character and Claudia being like non-singers to me is such a crime against that score um, yeah. that I, that I've not brought myself to watch it. Yeah. It was a weird one. Cause I remember I love nine, like the, the stage version, of course. And I, when they first announced that cast, I thought, Oh, that could be good. That could possibly be something. And then it just, uh, no, there were so many uh, then- cuts. I just don't need Nicole Kidman singing "Unusual Way." Like that's that's not on my dream. Uh, well, and as a bass, yeah. Like I again, I don't even know how it turned out because I just am so saddened by the thought of it. One Have of you been listening to the soundtrack? No, the only song I've even heard is the Kate Hudson added one. Um, oh, and man. I don't even know why, but I have always Oh, it serves that. no purpose. Yeah, I can. I have that melody of the Guido Italiano. Like, for some reason, that's in my brain. It was a number. I remember in the film, I went, this is a f- okay number, but I, this is not well, moving but why are any we here? forward. Yeah, why are we <laughs> right. Here? And... Uh, just so many weird choices. I don't know if it was just Rob Marshall, you know, he thought this is it. I'm going to make my follow-up to Chicago with a movie musical. This is going to be great. And I think he was just, he was so blinded by all those stars. I don't know. I'm sure there was probably some producer's hand in it that was like this show isn't cool enough for a movie, so we're going to Hollywood the fuck it up. Well, and he just repeated his same concept from Chicago. So it was just like, what if all of these musical numbers are in the mind of the director? And I go, 
why is this straight male film director imagining the women in his life doing musical theater numbers? Like, this doesn't right. make any sense. Right. But this episode is not about nine. But you know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I keep we keep oh. we keep de- deterring. <laughs> oh, it's it's okay. It's I mean it's a it's a movie musical starring a bunch of women, so like it is technically on topic. for me. Right. Right. Featuring a strong I, female lead. And I do love Nicole Kidman, but I don't need unusual way taken down the octave. Like I, no. even for her, I I don't need that. <laughs> No, she's best. She's best when she's like a battered wife or like a strong detective. Like that's you know, or like a crazed uh, you know news anchor. Uh, right, place. right, right, so, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like her when she's a little, a little, uh, a little out of it. A little out of it. Yeah, she's got good crazy eyes. I mean, she married Tom Cruise, so there's got to be like something there. You know, those are authentic crazy eyes. You can't leave those eyes. I know when uh, Big Little Lies came out and she was like so fucking great in that, I literally was (laughs) like, wow, we're watching her just like act out her like aftermath of Tom being married to Tom Cruise. Like, that, yeah, this is what's going on. Like, a therapist looked at her and was like, this is crazy. And she was like, you know what, you're right. So every episode with my guests, I do a segment called Your Birth in Pop Culture, mm-hmm. which is where I take your birthday and I give you pop culture related facts related to Ooh. that day. Now, are you okay with me saying the date? On yeah, the yeah, I'm not shy about my, <laughs> I'm not shy about my age. You look great. Oh, thank you. I moisturize, but I do have gray hair that I'm very excited about. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So the birthday in question is April 6, 1984. The day you were born, the number one movie at the U.S. box office. Do you know what it was? I don't. It was Police Academy. Ooh. Yeah, my I mean. favorite movies. My dad as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the number one song was Footloose by Kenny Loggins. I it was didn't quite realize. A day for you. I did that musical, and I didn't realize that was by Kenny Loggins. How well, no. sad! Wow. How sad of me. <laughs> oh, well, that musical—it's not one of my favorites. I have to say. Oh, definitely not. Although, definitely in the early thousands, I wore out "I Can't Stand Still" as an audition uh, pop song before I had the confidence to be like, "Yeah, I can sing pop music." <laughs> oh, I've I've always struggled with when I'm asked to sing a pop contemporary song in an audition. Go, well, oh, especially God. my I like I'm very extreme. Like I go from Hello Dolly to Radiohead, and not like a whole lot in between. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I'm not gonna like sing these slit your wrists kind of songs and auditions. Mostly Spring Awakening was a hot, Spring Awakening was a hot spot for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Well, so. Of course, we're going into the inappropriate patty of everything, which yes. I've been such a big fan of for oh. such a long time. Really and truly, I've been so excited to interview you to be, to be totally <laughs> fun. Very flattering. That makes me blush. Oh, please. So were, did you grow up doing voices and impressions when you were a kid? 
Yes. And like mostly, I was actually just talking about this the other day, mostly um, of people that were inconsequential that nobody knows, like neighbors mm. and friends and teachers. Yeah. And like, I remember discovering that I could do it because there was this 1989-ish commercial um, that this woman was like ironing and talking about her taxes or something. And she had this like really interesting voice. And I started doing it as like a five-year-old around the house. And my mom, I remember my mom and my brother specifically being like, that's crazy. You sound just like her. Um, and even as a little kid, I was a, uh, Saturday Night Live. It's one of my favorite uh. things. So like being characters already is one of mm-hmm. my favorite things to do. Obviously it's why I act, but like, uh, I used to do the George Bush, uh, Dana Carvey as George Bush, but like, yes. wouldn't be prudent. Not guy. Yeah. Yeah. Not guy, <laughs> not dad. And then yeah. I do that as a little kid and like, uh, even though I'm sure that impression was not spot on, like the the um, the um, diphthongs and things I could copy. Um, and so I've always been uh, an imitator. Um, it actually only is in like the last five years that I was like, oh, I should like learn to imitate like people people care about. <laughs> yeah, I would actually, I myself was also a child that was like a natural little parrot. I would just listen uh-huh. to voices and pick them up. Um, which is why I think I love your videos so much because I'm I'm obsessed with impressions. Because I, I who do you do? Do you do things. people? I do. Um, who do you do? Who do you do? Who do I do? Oh, here we go. I mean, I do lots of little people. I do. Um, I mean, here's saying I would never dare to do my Patty Lapone impression on the air, with you, <laughs> but I do do like a poor man's Patty Lapone. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It tickles me and my friends. Um. Trying to think, like, like my best ones. I mean, I just do a lot. It's a thing, like, if I can listen to anyone's voice long enough, I can start to pick up on the, like, the rhythms of it. It's just about... Right. The vowel yeah. modifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for me, actually, it's similar to you. I, I am a Saturday Night Live mega nerd. When people say that no one watches Saturday Night Live anymore, I go, well, I watch it every, I do. every week. Yeah. <laughs> So it's similar for me, like I would watch, you know, Sherry O'Terry on or uh, Molly Shannon, of course, on SNL. I was obsessed. Those were the with gold. Those were the golden years. Like it has never been as good as it was from like 1996 to like 2001. Like that was such a like sweet, sweet, sweet spot for them. Yeah, I, I definitely, I. I definitely feel like the show resurges every couple of years, and so there's a totally lot of they get they get somebody they get somebody sure. the audience like totally uh fall like Kristen Wiig was a resurgence. Yeah. Kate um, McKinnon. Kate McKinnon has become their new. Oh God, I love her. I just and Cecily Strong. I love Cecily Strong. Oh, me too. Her weird little like Chardonnay syllable s like. Uh, <laughs> It just like I, and like it's just so natural. Her, so I can't even do it. It's uh, I love it. Oh uh, yeah. So no, but I would say that that is the that was my section of SNL that I also just grew up on. So uh-huh. it's just well that well that and also they would play the reruns from the eighties episode or like early nineties eighties episodes on Comedy mm-hmm. Central. And yeah, so I'd yeah, watch yeah. those too. And so I would be referencing all of these sketches that all my friends would be talking like, what are you what are you doing? Like what are You're you like who's Mike Myers? <laughs> yeah like what's what's Toons's the driving cat? Like what are you talking about? Just like right. really deep cuts that no caveman, caveman lawyer. Oh, 
goddamn lawyer. <laughs> and my and my parents were like, you know, young and hip when it even just came on. So then they would tell me about uh, Lone Shark. They would tell me about uh, uh, Rosanna, Dana, you know, just all, uh. all, all of it. Yeah, so it, that's like, that to me is like pop culture to me. It's, it's having that life. I mean, totally. Totally. Oh, God. Well, so how, also, were you into Forbidden Broadway when you were? Oh, of course. Okay. Like, Christine Petty is like one of my absolute idols. I've been listening mm. to her imitate all the celebrities since like the second or there. I, vol- whenever volume two came out, that's when I. You know, I, I you probably remember this when like the, a catalog would come around, and if you buy a hundred CDs, they're one cent, but you have to get three CDs every month in order mm-hmm. to maintain the membership thing. Um, and so I remember picking Forbidden Broadway Volume Two because it was just released, and I was like, "That I like Broadway. I like Forbidden. Like, what's that? What's on Volume Two? Which 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 one is that? Volume Two is like uh, I, I want to say that's uh, the Patti Lapone, the To Anything Goes. Uh, um, I think yeah. it has uh, Rita and not Cheetah. Um, yeah. I think yeah, it yeah, has yeah. the Michael Crawford, um, <laughs> and I think yeah. it has the I'm 30 years old tomorrow, and I am in words since I played. It's it's a good one. Was it's that like, li- was that Liza One Note as well? Uh, Liza One Note as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Oh, uh, I did once. I was in a production of Godspell where um, every every weekend different cast members got to do a specialized version of learn your lessons well and it was like oh do it in whatever style you want to sing the song in uh-huh. and i like i am i am a musical theater performer but i don't consider myself like a singer first uh-huh. i consider myself yeah, yeah, yeah. an actor who sings and so i thought well i don't know what genre of music it's like my genre so instead i just did it as different famous women and that was just like how i did it so i remember i did it as share into liza minnelli into Judy Garland, then back into Liza to finish it, and that it, we'll is say, the gayest. Some thing of the I've most ever, fun. Yeah, that is the gayest. The thing audience ever was heard. living. I of course, uh, it was maybe my most joyous five minutes on stage I've ever had. It was a, a gay moment. It was a whole moment. Do you know Ruthless the musical? Yes. Okay, so oh one of my God. absolute yeah. favorites, and like one of my dreams, of course, would be the the agent, but actually, who I really want to be is her, the critic mother. And I yes, want I yes. want to give the audience the chance to vote for any of the famous musical theater women that I do. Um, so like Patti Lapone, Betty Buckley, B- Daphne Rubin Vega, Ethel Merman, uh, Bernadette Peters, Carol Channing, and like just let the audience decide who they think it should be. Um, and oh, then get to come out every night and do I Hate Musicals and the few <laughs> scenes as that woman. I, if there's a theater company listening that's interested in that, I'm available. Oh, I mean, if there, I, I will say I do, I do do a Carol Channing as well. It is probably one of my favorites to do. Of course. Uh, any opportunity, I mean, to play Carol on stage. I mean, <laughs> what, what, before what? I knew what musical theater was, I knew who Carol Channing was. Like that, I, I, she. They don't make them like that anymore. No, her and I just watched at Liberty the other day, speaking of like nostalgia and going back. And uh, my partner and I were like, where are the Elaine Stritches of the world? Where are the Carol Channings? Like even Bernadette Peters, where are they? Like, I, I, we don't 
we we are so focused on clean sounds and reliable talent that we've stopped going for like interesting and diverse talent. We're all carbon co shows mm -hmm. run shows run too long. That's why we don't have interesting people. <laughs> well, when you think about, I mean, I could listen to Carol Channing just talk about what she had for breakfast. Oh just man, like, you know, I had over easy eggs and two pieces of bacon. Like you know, <laughs> right. like I could just anything that woman that comes out of that woman's glorious trap is. is I I don't cool. know if you have done deep dive on YouTube, but there is a like hour and a half basically one woman show that she does it's in black and white and it's from like the late 60s maybe early 70s and she it's just it's her being her own saturday night live and some of the sketches don't <sighs> hold up really anymore um, <laughs> right. but most of them do because she's just so weird and but she's a clown she's a clown is that where she does the number I want to be like a soul sister? Is that is that what that's from? Um, I don't remember because I uh, it was one of the when she died I was like so devastated. Um, uh, just because yeah. like again uh, since like before I even that Alice in Wonderland that was on TV came out when <gasps> I was like three and I was like yeah. fascinated by it. Watched it every day. She fascinated so like. She's she is she is Sesame Street to me. Um, oh, I grew God. up on she, her. Yeah, her and Alice in Wonderland. That is so iconic to watch. It's iconic when she beats Alice at the end. It slaps <laughs> her hand. Oh, I love it. I love that that whole that whole television uh, miniseries was just everything a gay little child needed to blossom. Well, didn't. Well, wasn't Joan Collins one of the queens as well? Uh, no, it was in, it was in Jillian. Um, it was her and in oh, Jillian, yes. and then the Queen of Hearts was some soap opera actress that's name I can't remember. There must be another Alice in Wonderland with Joan Collins. Mm, maybe I have a distinct memory of Joan Collins just being Joan Collins. No, it's in Jillian, the first movie, <laughs> Dainty June. Hello. Oh, so excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> How dare I? <laughs>talking about forbidden broadway volume two i also was very much into oh i think oh which, wait was that volume two it was the one where it was mary martin it was a mary martin parody uh-huh that might be on there yeah i mean i eventually own them all so it's so hard to remember what was but that oh, that seems right the mary martin that seems right yeah just because i yeah i just miss the days where you were kind of a personality like they were a broadway personality totally and it was them as that character and you got that personality interpreting that character because now i feel like younger younger musical theater fans look at people like elaine stretch or carol channing you know and they say they're not really that good of a singer like why were they right. musicals and you just want to shake them like no that's not it right What's wrong with you perfection is not the goal it is a oh my gosh well and when did you first discover the patty voice um so it was oh, probably like five years ago six years ago um i again imitating lots of people no one consequential i'd sort of discovered that i had a bernadette um and always had carol channing <laughs> i've had carol channing my whole life um and ethel merman um and uh. so i had heard the rumor uh that Patty Lapone was uh, 
invited to audition for the witch and into the woods and she said she thought that would be a bad career move she doesn't want to be seen as a witch um but she would be interested in being seen for cinderella and that that idea just delighted me so much that i got into the shower that day and was just like laughing um and i was like i wonder what that would sound like and i started the like his a very smart rat and like thinking about all her vowel modifications as I was like singing and like delighting myself, probably stoned in the shower. Uh, Somewhere halfway through it, I was like, wait, am I starting to like do a Patti LuPone right now? And so like I got out of the shower, dried off and started voice memoing and just like listening to myself back and then like modifying again, like, oh no, that vowel, I'm not transitioning that vowel quite right. And by like 10 minutes later, I was like, I think I'm nailing this. So I sent it to my friend. Uh, I have three friends that I think are like, I will always thank them the most when uh, I talk about the genesis of Inappropriate Patty. Uh, my friend Omar uh, is a huge musical theater nerd. All Like our whole relationship is based on sending each other musical theater, deep dive, deep cut <laughs> musical theater, YouTube clips. Um, and I sent him a voice memo of me singing and was like, is this does this kind of sound like I'm nailing it and he was like girl that is hilarious and so it started to become (laughs) with these three friends uh Efren Paul and Omar uh that they would be like wait what does Patti LuPone sound like singing this like we'd be watching something and it'd be like how how is she singing colors of the wind how and it became this like (laughs) joke between all of us um and that's sort of where she started. And then I realized other people besides my three friends gave a fuck about it because um, I was going away for Christmas, like flying on the day of Christmas and wasn't going to get to see my like normal New York Christmas crew. I, it was the first time I had left New York for Christmas and uh was like, oh, you know what? For those three boys, I'm going to make them uh, have yourself a Merry Little Christmas video uh, <laughs> where I do uh, Bernadette Peters, Carol Channing, and Patti Lapone singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Um, and so I did that. And when I finished it, I was like, hey, that was decent enough. I'll put it on YouTube and post it to Facebook and like see if it sticks. Um, and I literally posted it, got on a plane and got off and it had like 2,500 views, which for me was like a lot because I, I I mean, most things I had ever put on YouTube, a weren't really for, they were like audition videos, but nothing really had a a viewership over like a double digit, if that. Um, And so it was like, whoa, that's interesting. That, that like hit something that I didn't expect. And then I left it alone for a while. And while those friends were like, you need to start an Instagram. You need to start an Instagram. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, did I hear you say you also do a Daft tour in Vega? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. It's been a minute. But, like, yeah. She, um, her, though, like, where Patty, I prefer to do material that isn't Patty's material. Because I, yeah. if you, I, I am bastardizing her diphthongs. If you actually went like phrase for phrase, I don't sound like her. It's like a smoke and mirror trick. With Daphne yeah, Rubin Vega, yeah. I feel the opposite about. Like doing her on other stuff is hard, but like doing mm-hmm. her stuff I like doing because it's just like a direct, like smoky imitate. Like, <laughs> well, I was obsessed when she, I mean, this is not meant to be a shady comment towards Zafirin Vega, but when she played Eponine in the revival. You mean of, Fontaine? Like, 
Oh, sorry. Ep- oh my god. Yeah. Listen to me. I meant Fontaine. I don't know why I said Epony. Uh, Fontaine. Fontaine. Oh, how bad gay thing. Bad gay. They both. Uh, they both died. And yes, I heard from uh, someone who was in the original London production, the woman who played uh, Cosette originally, and I have become like uh, Facebook friends. And mm-hmm. she uh, was saying Patty Lapone wanted Fontaine to double as Eponine in the second act. That's like an idea oh she, threw, she threw out there. So the confusion is fine. Oh, Patty, yes. in, in Patty's mind, they should be the same. See, yes, and if Patty agrees, then that's all I care about. Right. No, but the first time I heard her, I dreamed a dream. I thought, this is nuts. This the, is, this is truly like, crazy. No legato notes. I dreamed a dream of time gone by. <laughs> like, well, I always remember this one line that she did. I remember it was like, uh, I had a dream my life would be so different and it was like not even like singing anymore it was just like her with a cigarette on the patio totally like, you know ranting her about electric, her ex-boyfriend in her electric blue pants uh, <laughs> and leopard go-go boots um my partner and i have actually had this argument and he's like who cares about her voice though because she's like actually totally right for the part in today's standards like I, right. i'm like yeah i mean i guess i guess <laughs> sure Sure, after, after we just made an argument for like, where are the actresses with interesting voices? And then we're like, she was terrible. Okay, <laughs> but at the same time, like you wouldn't cast um, Elaine Stritch yeah. as Maria in The Sound of Music or something. Right. You know? like, Although, yeah. did you know Elaine Stritch did play Anna in The King and I? Shut your No. Oh yeah, it's like no. it's like at a dinner theater when those were like oh, actually okay. fancy things that stars worked at. Um, yeah. I just imagine her like, hello, young lovers, wherever the fuck you are. Like, <laughs> what does that sound like? Shall we dance? <laughs> right. Like, like, what is that? <laughs> I yeah. had a love. My own. Like, what is that? I don't even know. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, her, her at Liberty special is just joy i could i could watch that thing a million times just just. and also like one of those careers that you're like how did this happen for you like your story is so magnificent and you're such an interesting type like they allowed you to understudy ethel merman and do a show up in rochester at the same time like how how that's That's... my favorite story that she tells because it's yeah and it's insane and it's true you know like it's (laughs) it's true no i remember yeah i remember it's funny actually hearing um performers from back in the day they tell stories about things that just could not happen now like nobody in their right mind would agree to it and you just hear about those crazy stories like yeah like her hopping on a train to go drive out somewhere to be in preview and it's like what like and to like get there literally 10 minutes before her number is supposed to start like almost always like so crazy and i forget there was another actor that i remember hearing about in theater history um when i wasn't asleep for that um (laughs) that uh there was some other actor that was allowed to work in two shows because the theaters were right next to each other and, and like would do act one at one show and then act two at another. Oh, um, I know. Oh, I, I can't. I think I, I know this. I cannot remember who it is, but it's like, man, we would not let that happen nowadays. We just well, wouldn't. No, it's insane. No, e- equity would be the first to be like, absolutely not, or pay them a million dollars. Right. 
Oh my, yeah, that's insane. That 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 no, that's too much. <laughs> too much. First of all, as a performer, that would stress me out. That oh, see, I I love like the the pedantic, like crazy, frenetic, uh, like that for me is. Uh, uh, like I love being an understudy or a swing and going on with like two minutes notice or in the middle of a show, like give it to me. That is drugs. I will gladly take a hit of that. My only equivalent of something close to that, cause I've never been like an understudy, but there was one time I had gone to see a production of Dracula, like the, like the play. And I knew the director of the show. And then I saw the show on a Friday night on Saturday, I get a phone call at 1 PM saying hi what are you up to tonight and i said oh not much and they said can you come be in the show dracula broke Ooh. his leg and i went what are you talking about like well we figure you saw the show so you at least know the dialogue and i had to be on stage at seven o'clock that night as that part and like that but it was both like thrilling and also i i thought my stomach was gonna do somersaults out of my body uh, it was right. too much but I... there was something really like gratifying about doing it like oh heck yeah especially when you're landing things that you didn't know you knew all of a sudden you're like look at you like you're a superhero like oh yeah yeah oh it is my it is my a like being someone that can save the day in my personal life is like one of my favorite things so like amplify that with like show adrenaline and like people cheering literally cheering for you i'm like man that is just i could not tick more boxes oh my god so so you only did patty like five years ago that's when you discovered the voice yeah about i mean like i said i had done uh, other uh women my whole life but like mm-hmm. uh this yeah i i never occurred to me that i would even have her in my uh in my voice somewhere oh wow i'm really jealous of you being able to do bernadette i've never been able to 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 knock her voice like, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's just not i don't have that timber well, she she is like so. If I were to say Carol Channing was my first like huge musical theater before I knew what musical theater influenced, the next is Bernadette. I grew up on Annie and Sesame Street mm. and like she, uh, the Carol Burnett show. Like she oh, has Carol been. Uh, Patty is one of my idols. I love her. Bernadette is my girl. Like if we're yeah. talking about that generation of like late 70s to like early 90s still superstar women um it burned i uh and gave me one ticket to see whatever i wanted and i'd pick a bernadette show she's just my my like everything um Uh, yeah she was probably my first broadway diva as well i remember i was at theater camp and everyone was talking about into the woods i had no idea what they were talking about and then they just put on that vhs of her to the woods it's it's everything it's everything there is no witch or baker's wife that can ever match that video for me oh i think that cast is just perfect like, it's absolutely I mean, yeah 100, everybody yeah 100 perfection uh, i've seen everything but the time they did it in the park um mm, and yeah. many many productions have different brilliance in it but no mm-hmm. production has like reached the level of perfection i actually was just talking about how excited i am for young theater performers who are black and brown to have a hamilton the way that i had an into the woods mm. on on demand well filmed ready to be watched like I'm so excited to see like what that breeds for the future of theater. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. Oh, my, first of all, Hamilton. My God. That has been yeah. such a... I have to pinch myself that we just get to have a perfectly filmed original cast of Hamilton at any time. It, it is so brilliant and to me so upsetting um, in a world where we need to be breaking down the financial barriers between the arts and the audience um i think for its survival Mm -hmm. um it's so upsetting to me that we don't do more of that shows deserve to be seen this way people deserve to see shows that can't afford to see them i make the argument that i think creating this is a roundabout way to say this but hbo when they first released released go was asked if they were going to police people on like giving out their login and he was like Mm -hmm. not for now because i'm in the business of creating people who want my content and then once i've curated a large enough audience maybe we'll start to like cull it down and restrict it and it's like that's what we need to be doing in the arts we need to be making young people fans of theater and the access that the older generations had with ed sullivan and them reducing hello dolly to a whole hour of television so that (laughs) you could get it in your living room never stopped these shows from becoming hot tickets and hot items but also created a generation of people who were interested in seeing it well, and for me, like, I was a little gay boy in North Carolina growing up, and my family did not really go to the theater just in general. So right. if, if it wasn't for things like, like Into the Woods, or I remember I watched, oh, oh there's not even, like, Broadway musicals, but I would just watch, like, you know, Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella with, well, uh-huh. I did, well, that, I did watch the Leslie Ann Warren version also, and that was my first, right. my first love. But then they had the, you know, the whole Brandy Whitney Houston version in the 90s. Absolutely. It, yeah, if it wasn't for stuff like that, I wouldn't have even known I was interested in doing theater. Totally. Bette Midler's Gypsy. Like, I... I, I didn't I grow up on that one. Yeah. Oh, I sure did. Um, recorded, wore out that VHS. Um, it's actually when, you know, we as artists uh, can't help but critique these NBC Live, Fox Live <laughs> musicals because they have yet to, like, land a formula that works. Mm-hmm. However, I always am filled with the, like, excitement of, like, man, there is a there is a me somewhere out there that can't even perceive what's wrong with this that's just so oh, yeah. excited to see hairspray on television right or like you know i remember i did love the i think my two favorite of all the ones they've done were the whiz and jesus christ superstar i think those yeah where i thought those were well the whiz was so brilliantly cast so brilliantly directed i I like it just was missing the audience experience of that Mm -hmm. um to, so that we would feel and jesus christ superstar is just written for that format like to feel like a concert um yeah one day you can we can do an, a whole segment on this i feel like i i know the <laughs> the formula of how to fix these live things i've had entire dissertations with my friends about this so I'll, I'll go because i think it's so worthwhile that. yeah <laughs> But yeah, but I think about little kids that are just watching, you know, Peter Pan live and they're having the same experience I did watching Mary Martin. First time I watched, you know, Mary Martin, Peter Pan, one, I did not care that it was a 40-year-old woman playing Peter Pan, did, did not care. Uh-huh. And I thought that was the most, I mean, now there are certain parts of it that are a little, have not aged the best. Correct. But, but blonde, yeah, I mean, blonde Tiger Lily, I think yeah, probably. Cool. And My I get God. it, it's, a, it's an island of imagination was what they were sure. going for. But sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure but like yeah like th- these kids unless they're exposed to 
Because, I mean, and, for example, when I was a child also, you know, I'd watch old movie musicals. Like, we'd watch, you know, My Fair Lady uh-huh. or, you know, Meet Me in St. Louis, you know. But they don't really make, I mean, they still make movie musicals, but not as many as they did back in, like, classic Totally. Hollywood. Well, Course Line killed it, so. Oh, my God. Uh, that is a whole thing where I just wonder, how could you take such a perfect show and, and ruin everything that's great about it in a single 120 minute feature. Yeah. And like, my thing is, I wish they had just recorded the original cast doing a chorus line and we had a production of a chorus line to watch. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's what I want. Well, and that's I wish- why I love that, like, this Hamilton thing has come out because I, I, more of this. Why are we continuing to try to throw stars into these things and make them half ass through it and giving it to directors like Tom Hooper who just, like, do not understand oh that cats shouldn't have human feet? Like, Ugh. why are we doing this? Like, let's Ugh. just record the show and make it good and make it worthy of being distributed. <laughs> now, I will say, cats, of course, is, is horrendous. But I did have a very fun time getting very stoned and going to see Cats. That was maybe the most fun I had at a movie theater last year. Um, You you can edit this out if you choose to, but I, on Christmas Day, did a microdose of mushrooms and did the same thing. And it was one of the best movie theater experiences of my whole life. Like mm-hmm. and I accidentally gave everyone in the theater permission to finally laugh because uh, when Judy Dench and Jennifer Hudson <laughs> rub faces after uh, uh, memory, I like could I had been <laughs> holding it in this whole time and finally just like belly laughed out loud and then the uh, theater uproariously <laughs> started to laugh and like it it was quite the experience. I mean, I, uh, I'll, I'll cut it out if you want me to. I don't care. I give you a tip of the hat for being able to not laugh for that long during that movie because I definitely was, I was chuckling. I was chuckling five seconds in. When it was oh, just... yeah. We were, we were laughing to each other. Like, <laughs> m- my partner and I kept being like... <laughs> but then finally, at this point, I could not contain myself from being like... <laughs> it was just like... It, the. I mean, we had just watched <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen drink <laughs> from a saucer of milk. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, and he when, he, just... when he points his head towards the sky, he's just like, meow, meow, meow. Or like like, he hisses at the camera. I just like (laughs) it was a definite. That whole movie was definitely a reminder that like maybe it's okay for me to go do like some show at Debbie's Dance Palace Theater. Like why (laughs) am I being so precious with the work? (laughs) See, I remember the first time I I just I I couldn't keep it inside anymore was when they were doing Rebel Wilson's number, and when she Mm -hmm. she unzips herself. Well, actually, no, not even that. Um, when she is singing about the mice and then she opens up the little cabinet and there are little teeny tiny children, now, now CGI little mice children, and then they show the perspective of the teeny tiny mice children and the cats are like huge behind them. I just thought that was the funniest image I had seen captured on film uh, in my life, maybe. Like, I don't know. And I, yeah. was, I was captivated, even though I couldn't make sense of what I was looking at. But it was a it, whole moment that I would not trade for anything. Oh, no. I like still one of like my top favorite movie theater experiences, but yeah. also like, uh, 
I don't know. Cats just shouldn't have human feet. Like that, that no, for me is no. a critique of the whole movie. <laughs> shouldn't have human feet or human hands. Or human uh, hands, or like there, there was a frame where one of them had an ear for a second, like it, yeah. or a real human ear. It was all over the place. Why does Judy Dench have rings on and then not rings on? It, why did Mr. Mistopheles become a monologue? Like I don't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> well, and and why? Uh, uh, I remember they said that they were going to. They released the movie. And I remember they said, don't worry, we're going to fix the film and release the new version in a week. And I thought, no, 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 I have to see it now. I have to see oh, what same. you've full done same. now. And so yeah, I, I, same. I remember me and my friends had all said, we're going to go see Cats together. Let's wait to see Cats together. I said, yes, 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 let's do that. No one could go see it the week that it was the bad version. And so I just kind of lied. <laughs> and I went, and well, I went now by know. my, now they know, this is how I'm coming out. And I, I went to see it by myself. And I remember thinking, is this going to be as fun by myself? I still had oh, of course. Absolutely. the best time. And seeing it a second, I had to see it two times. Uh, when I saw it the second time, equally as funny. Equally as funny. <laughs> Probably even more so because you're like, oh, this, this part that's coming up, I've got to really pay attention. One is a lot to take in. Like, there's, the, you don't, your brain doesn't even know what to do with half of it because it's just not Totally. It's like a yeah. Broadway fever dream. And that's, you know, it's, I was here for it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't mean to keep bringing it up, but it did take me a good, like, 10 minutes to get over the human feet. Like, what did I miss in those 10 yeah. minutes? Oh, yeah. And just, like, I remember also just being obsessed with how it sounded like they just took the original soundtrack from the 80s, stripped that audio, and just used that music for the movie. It for the sounded like they had, not, totally. yeah, they had not updated a single thing. Because I remember the synthesizers came in real strong when they were panning down to the little cat's cat city. I don't even understand what the logic of the world they were living in was. Because why was there a milk bar? Like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> right. What uh, is going on? I posted something on the internet of like, can't unsee cat. No, that was my boyfriend's status update. I can't remember what it was, but it was something about cats. And someone um, commented on my feed that was like, doing cats right now. And it's only people who are closed minded that can't see the beauty of the story. And I was like, I... I I don't have the ability to to debate you on the plot points of cats. Like oh I don't I don't I don't have time. Well, and do you know that originally Anne Hathaway was going to be Grizabella? Why? I know. Why? Because <laughs> there was an early makeup test of her in the makeup. And it, and I went well. Why didn't you just do this makeup instead of all the CGI? Because she did look, you know, very cat-like. It, it looked right. It looked very very good. And that's where I just think the big problem was. Like, why not just do amazing makeup and costumes and not? Do and all then this like CGI, CGI the fur to move or something. Sure, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I like I'm fine if you want to get into all of that. But like, <laughs> oh man, like Jennifer Hudson was missing half a head. Like it oh. was very. It was just all <laughs> so wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Patty was never in Cats, so... Honestly. <laughs> so rude. She knew better. <laughs> no, Truly. Would, has she ever sung Memory? I would I would listen to that. Uh, I don't believe so. I don't well, think right. so. It's definitely on my list of things that I would love to do as her, I actually. think she probably hates Cats, though, because one, it's Andrew oh. and Weber, so... Oh, know. fully. Fully, <laughs> yeah. She's not necessarily uh, in respect of his work as it is. No, or just him as a man. Yeah, of course. Right. So I are still you... have 
Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say, nope. are you into like the drama of of the Sunset Boulevard? Of, that um, that thing? I, that actually goes with exactly what I was just about to okay. say. I was gonna say, I still to this day have not listened to the Glenn Close recording in full. Nor Ooh. when they revived it did I watch the go see it. With I went I to still, see it. I I refuse. When the movie comes out, <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to reconcile with myself. Uh, because how dare you <laughs> deprive me of watching you try to find replacements for the original score with Patty's keys? Like how <laughs> dare you? Like we could have watched Betty Buckley and Elaine Page singing these thrilling keys, but instead, <laughs> instead we got this like fucking bad manual car trying to switch gear key changes. <gasps> uh, it ruined the drama. The score. Okay, fair enough. Uh, see, I'm a huge Glenn Close stan, so maybe I'm, mm. I'm maybe I'm looking at it with uh, tinted glass over my eyes. I'm not sure. She is wonderful in Fatal Attraction and in uh, many of the films that I have seen her in. However, the score for me really, as a, I grew up a cast recording like nerd, like mm-hmm. if I, if I love a show, I buy every single cast recording of it. And I didn't even know the drama at that age. And I bought the Glenn Close one and was like, this is garbage. How dare they? <laughs> I will say, if you listen to Patti LuPone, then you listen to Glenn Close. I mean, I'm not here to debate that she's as good as, as Patti LuPone. Uh, I think, you know what it is? I think I gave her, like, a really low bar where I'm like, well, you know, the fact, <laughs> right. that, she, the fact that she's singing the score, like, you know, great, great job, great job. Um, and, I mean, I did, I saw the revival because I, I, you know, I remember I was in New York for just a couple of days. And I thought, well, I don't know. I could. I remember, actually, going back to Patty, I had three shows I could go see. I was either going to go see Miss Saigon, I was going to go see Miss or Sunset Boulevard with Glenn Close, or I was going to go see War Paint, and I was like, oh, mm. Mm, uh, mm, mm. but like I I I listened to stuff from War Paint, and I of course would have loved to have seen Christine Eversall and and Patti LuPone, of course, right? But I wasn't like wild with that score. So, right. you know, I'll, I'll always wonder did I make the right choice? I mean, I had a great time at, at Sunset Boulevard. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you know, ugh, you know, was that my I last was... chance to see Patty in a lead? I hope not. Oh no, definitely not. I, I, this she she's retiring. Yeah, no, this she's retiring. Both. I mean, she immediately accepted company like a month later. Like right. she's not retiring. Someone will write her one more tour de force. Oh, it yeah. m- it might be the last time that her belting is as thrilling. You know, she's mm-hmm. getting. Although, of uh, you know, speaking of the women of the generation from the late seventies to the like early thousands or nineties, like of those women, Patty Lapone's voice is the one to oh, hold yeah. up. Like she, she'll probably sing just like that till the day she dies. She's like, I'm like still stu. I saw um, when she was doing War Paint, she did an Actors Fund benefit uh, concert with Seth Rodesky that was like an unplugged thing. Um, And I went and saw it and it was, uh, I'm stupefied that she still sings as she sang all of the matinee for war paint and then did this concert and sang with one look in the original key and like, like all of these things that it's like, man, you're at the time, not almost 70, I think still singing like a fucking beast. 
Well, oh my, I mean, it was this was a few years ago now, but I remember when she sang. First of all, I've watched the video of the Barbara Cook Kennedy Center honors more times than I can even keep track of my uh-huh. brain. But when she did her number, uh, "Come Rain or Come Shine," that was a woo, wow. I mean, yeah. Just how is that still her voice? I just I could not make sense of it. Um, my favorite is that like I feel like she knows that. I just actually last night uh somehow recommended came up uh, her full gypsy is on YouTube. Um oh, wow. and so uh my boyfriend and I were like, Well, I guess this is what we're doing. We're gonna watch Gypsy with Patty Lapone <laughs> in it. And like I can't help but burst out laughing because she relishes in how good her voice is at moments. Like, she's just like, you know what? I'm going to, like, throw it against the wall because you're going to love it. You know what I mean? Like, it's so... She's, like, I feel like it's gotten... It's. I don't want to use the word ridiculous because I don't think that it is ridiculous. I love it. It's thrilling. But, like, it. she has become... Uh, so like, yep, I'm going to give you the most patty that I could patty in every given moment. <laughs> oh, it, it was everything. Oh, I mean, uh, I've I have not watched the uh, now that I know it's the full gypsy with Pat Lapone, I will be watching. Hurry, that because I probably just ruined it. You know, <sighs> it's fine. No, oh, no one listens no. to this. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I remember the first time I watched the dressing room scene with her and Laura Benanti, and I thought I've never seen a better version of this scene. I think it was like the best I've ever seen. And did you were, get and to too. Did you get to see the show? Well, her in the show? Yeah. No, 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 I did not. All okay, I've seen just this. Scene. Yeah. Um I my first year that I moved to New York was when they did it at Encores and like went and got one of the last seats and it's one of those theatrical experiences cuz they didn't know they were going to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um and it was her closing weekend. Um, it's one of those theatrical experiences I'll like never forget. Oh god. Now, do you remember where you were when the stop taking pictures uh situation happened from Gypsy? Oh god. <laughs> I don't remember where I was, but I definitely remember I think I was actually in my friend Omar and Efren and Paul, the three men that sort of like encouraged Patty Lapone my inappropriate Patty impression. Um I think I was in their apartment and they're like, bitch, have you heard? <laughs> that... She's an icon. She's just, icon. An, I, the, what, I, what I love about her and especially as she's gotten older is like, she just has so few fucks, you know? Like, oh yeah. And the one thing I've heard from people that have worked with her is like, can that be sometimes hard in a room? Yeah. But at the end of the day, the thing she cares the most about is the work and the art. So like, most of the stories I've heard are like, yeah, she's being kind of a bitch, but like also she wasn't wrong, you know, like right. Um, other than when like, you know, I heard stories of her and noises off throwing something at the stage manager because she refused to do the Broadway Cares speech, um, and things, stories like that that are sort of like, oh, cringeworthy, <laughs> but like also I admire that you know, there's we don't make them like we used to. <laughs> God, I also I also remember she was on Watch What Happens Live. And they asked her about Madonna, and oh, I mean, so good. It just like <laughs> I think she's a movie killer. Just like, just like, like the, the the zero fucks in her voice of like, what's she gonna do? Come after me? I'm Patty Lapone. Right, right. <laughs> like that woman's career has nothing to do with mine. And also, like, 
in some respects may outlast Madonna's. <laughs> Her voice <laughs> certainly has. Well, for sure. Well, uh, God bless Madonna. She never really had a voice to start. With. You were talking about something that's more hateful than the Glen Coast Keys and Sunset Boulevard are the Madonna I mean, Keys in Avita. I See, now what I will say is I was very blessed that I... Avita was not really on my radar until that movie. And so I saw the movie, I think it was like 12 when it came out, um, 13. And... Uh, so that was my introduction to it. And so I was able to like love it for the story and the cinematography. It was, I think, a, a well-filmed movie musical. Yeah. Um, and then when I got, a, like, I, I saw like an early preview at it. They did it at the South Coast Plaza in Orange County. And uh, immediately went to the store and was like, I need a soundtrack of this. And <laughs> bought the movie soundtrack and then was like, wait a minute. The original Fontaine was also Ava Perone. I must buy this. And then got it home and was like, wait a minute, George <laughs> is in this too? <laughs> and why is because, this yes, so much I knew better? About, yeah, oh yeah. Like the moment she got to the, uh, screw the middle classes, I will never make that. I was like, oh, oh, what am I listening to? Like right away, early on. Like it's, that's like in the first eight minutes of the show. <sighs> yeah. And she just, oh, and she just lives there. <laughs> yelling, just yelling for a whole, for a whole score. I mean, I could almost blame her for the squelting that women have to do on Broadway now. Because when they heard her do it in Vita, they went, well, if we can do this. Well, I mean, I, I, I actually talk about this a lot. I always say Barbara Streisand is the, um, the benchmark. She is the end. Uh, she is the end of girls like her and the beginning of girls like her. Like mm-hmm. she was the first one of the last, like sort of Edie Gourmet, Judy Garland, like open your throat and belt as high as you can. But also the first girl that was like, and then I'm going to like do this soprano mix thing <laughs> that like extends the range even more past, you know, girls were getting to E. She's the one that was like, what about like, f and g like let's let's get up there what about i'm gonna add this idea of mixing and i feel like patty even is sort of of that elk too where it's like Mm -hmm. she's an open throat throw it to the wall like this is what my natural sound is um but also man that placement is so but i agree she's sort of of that ilk it wasn't until avita we were like you know what like how about f like let's let's make that let's make that a thing we do. Uh, see, uh, to take it back, uh, my lady is Barbara Streisand. That that is that mm. is definitely mine. I have the television specials. I have her concerts. I have mo- the movies that are worth watching over and over again. <laughs> totally. I like mean, even Yentl. You know. Oh, yeah. I love Yentl. You know. I'm I love Yentl. Though it's one of those movies, though, that like I started to just fast forward to the numbers. You know. What oh I mean? yeah, like, that's fair. Yeah, like. <laughs> The the whole like like the dinner scene like I'm it's it gets a little lengthy. Um, it does. It does. Just get a piece of sky and then you know. Just get yeah, exactly. That's all I need. That's really all I need. Barbara is also one of my absolutes, of course. Well, and she's when well, the more you learn about her, the more I did a whole episode on her. So we'll talk about uh-huh. it long. But I just find her fascinating in the way that she has almost zero to no vocal training and just had this instrument in her body 
And, and like such a daring young woman, like how her career got started and like yeah. how the kind of, for it surprises me that she ended up not performing because of stage fright, obviously because she was afraid of death threats and things. Yeah. But like, um, but uh, I can also deep dive on Barbara. She oh, was same. one of my first book reports. Um, but <laughs> she, um, given the amount of fortitude and tenacity she had to start her career, it surprises me that stage fright and like telling people to go fuck themselves and like she was going to continue to perform wasn't her path. Wasn't the, wasn't what she ultimately ended up like going along with. Yeah. And I always, uh, well, the one story I heard, I think it was in her, I, she had a AFI tribute award show and they talked about how she told two of her close friends she was going to do a singing contest and her friends literally said, wait, do you sing? We've never, you've never sung. Like, we've, we've never heard you sing. Like, sing for us. And then she, you know, went, oh, okay, as long as um, I'm going to face the wall. And that way you won't be looking at me. And then she was, you know, Barbara Streisand. And she wow. said, this, this makes no sense to me. This makes no sense right. to me. Like, how, uh, like, I've had, uh, you know, a lot of vocal training to be as whatever as I am. Um, <laughs> right. Same. <laughs> how dare she? How dare she? <laughs> Right, truly. But I mean, there are just those people in this world. I just heard something, or not heard, I read something uh, today on Playbill that she had three versions of Funny Girl that she would do, an A, B, and a C show. Yeah. Um, I just read, I thought that was so interesting to think about. And obviously, because uh, she only ever went out once in her entire run. Well, yeah, um, just, just ask uh, Lainey Kazan. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. One of the most like famous stories. But uh, of course she had, that was before we were like, yes, and the matinee will be done by someone equally as talented. Like she, w- of course she would come in and be like, we're cutting the song. I'm cutting the end of Don't Rain on My Parade. I'm kind of like, so interesting. Yeah. Oh, God, my God. That's, a, you know, if someone said, here's a magical Broadway ticket, it'll take you anywhere you want to go. I still think I would probably go to... Funny girl. funny girl just you know now that now it. that you say that i uh, you're actually 100 right about that Ugh, that like, actually remember... you know what if you, if you gave me one ticket to a broadway show to go back and see it'd be the original follies that's that's oh, my that's wow. that's my ticket because that's pretty great too a michael bennett is one of my heroes one of my dreams is to like be the him to musicals that he isn't credited on like mm-hmm. they would bring him in to just be like oh you got to fix that you got to do it or george abbott um <laughs> but uh because i'm also a huge fan of his but also i don't think that there will ever be a pr- better production of follies cast and direction and set. i wish it's my favorite show uh that's yeah i love follies but it's it's kind of it's a show that I feel like, yeah, has never been as powerful as that original production, just reading about how it was staged. And I mean, I did love the Bernadette Peters uh, revival, but it was kind of like there were some things I loved and then other things happened and then there'd be other things that I liked. So it was- I wish we could have had that cast on the Nationals direction. That's yeah. what I wish. Mm-hmm. I'll because because the Nationals cast, I just don't want to watch Imelda Staunton do shows. I don't. I God can yeah bless you. Thank you so much. I for saying what I've well said for you. I I well you can only watch someone be angry in so many parts. You know what I mean? Like My that. God. Uh, the fact that she was supposed to play Dolly Levi to me is one of those like 
I'm like, wait, why though? Like, why her? Like, England, you have like some of the most talented humans in musical theater that have ever existed. Why? Well, yeah, my people loved her in Gypsy, and I thought she just screams the entire time. And everyone's like, she's just full of grit. And I'm like, No. no, she's just like, an angry fucking dog the whole time like the whole show i just like (laughs) right like i feel like mama rose of course that anger is there because it it was there but she also needs to be charismatic enough to get accomplished what she gets accomplished like if she's just barking every line of that script like it the whole thing just doesn't make sense to me Go watch Patty Lapone's version. It's the I we after we finished last night, we went through and watched a bunch of clips of other roses. And like, I honor the work that many women have done, but Patty does the perfect balance of absolute manic crazy, but also she loves her kids. Like mm-hmm. that is a part of it. Like her love is misguided, but she is even though fulfilling her own dreams, doing it for her children because she thinks that they'll feel like they've missed out. It's very good. It's very. We nice. know who my two favorite roses are for that hmm. actually, that very reason. My two favorites are Patty and Bernadette. Those are my two favorites, actually. I, I know people so don't love wish. Bernadette. Well, but I it's direction. Sam Mendes was like, we're gonna. Rose is going to sit at a table and explain to her father during some people. And it's like, I'm so sorry. No, this number is written for a woman to be charging around a kitchen. Like that's, right. that pacing. is what She's the pacing. number, yeah, there, there's pointing going on and posing and cheating out to the audience. I'm sorry. It is the, the you must honor the period in which the show was written and who it was written for in order to direct it correctly. Like that. I do wish Arthur was, Lawrence could have directed her in that. Totally, totally. Because I, when you watch her, we we had a debate about her too in terms of uh, her Rose's turn is so great. It's mm, so agreed. so great. Um, but the production as a whole suffered that it didn't. It just didn't support her the way she deserved it. <sighs> yeah, I hate that she gets. I I see a lot of theater people trash on Bernadette and and Gypsy. Like, oh, she was terrible. She was so bad. And I just think, come on, have some respect. Have some respect for the Peters. So what are your, what would you say are your favorite Patty performances? Ooh, that is so tough. I mean, I I, uh, one of the things that I love listening to the most is her Sunset Boulevard because that score is uh, so, sorry, I have to let my cat out, Um, (laughs) is so thrilling in her voice. But I, Rose is really up there for me mm-hmm. um, just because she gave me everything that I as a homosexual really need in a strong yes. leading lady performance. I mean, I never got to see The Baker's Wife, but Meadowlark has been one of the, like, it's, how do you, how can I choose, but also Mrs. Lovett, but uh, not, not that? the revival. Uh-huh. I like the con- I like the concert because it was the first time that I like listened to those lyrics because Angela Lansbury created such a big broad character yeah. that you're not necessarily listening to the nuances because you're watching her be an interesting actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patty was the first time that I was like, oh, I've never heard that clever rhyme there. Oh, I've never realized like how much this bitch hates Mrs. Moody. Like, <laughs> um, like uh, uh, I, those would be my tops, I think.
So uh, to close this out, because I could just sit here and talk about Patty for, I mean, I'm sure all both day. of us. All slash, slash all theater, because we've like really just like circled you know, through all of them. You know, I try to just go off the cuff. <laughs> just go, <laughs> go where it goes. But I was hoping to play a game of Mary Fuck Kill with some Patty themed men. Patty Lapone. Mm. If I could potentially even ask Patty to answer these questions for me. I, I can do my best. <laughs> okay, so the first category of men are or, or people people we're we're not we're not glued to gender are not company... anymore it's a whole other world now mm, yeah so these are company castmates of yours so mary mm. fuck kill neil patrick harris katrina mm. link and huh. rosalie craig wow because we didn't bring rosalie with us no offense but i'm gonna have to kill rosalie mm. because i don't have to see her every day at work um I would actually, you know what? I'm retracting that. I am retracting that. I am killing Neil Patrick Harris because we must honor the brilliant women in this time. Women don't have opportunities, and these women were so great. We'll kill Neil Patrick. He's a white man. We'll sacrifice him. Um, and then, how could you? How could you not fuck Christina Ling? You know what I'm. I how, how, do you, have you seen her eyes? I have. Who yeah. does she think she is? So up next, we have Mary Fuck Kill, Kevin Klein, George oh. Hearn, or uh, your beloved Mandy Patinkin. Well, obviously, I'm marrying Mandy, um, Mandy Patinkin. Um, and then I'm going to have to, ki- Kevin and I have definitely made up, and I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I have to, because George Hearn. Who doesn't want to fuck George Hearn? He has what he has. <laughs> okay, next we have Michael Severus, mm. Boyd Gaines, or Ugh. Peter Gallagher. Oh God, I I'm marrying Boyd Gaines. Absolutely. Um, I will kill Michael Severus because his shot in the Sondheim concert was atrocious. You need to learn how to self-tape. Just get a bookcase and stand in front of it. It's not that hard. And then I will say that I'm going to fuck Peter Gallagher because I need to hold on to those eyebrows. Mm, yes. And the last is a Mandy-themed category of all Mandys. We have mm. Mandy in Avita, Mandy mm. in Sunday in the Park with George, or Mandy in An Evening with Patty Lapone and Manny Patinkin? Oh, wow. I'm going to kill George because George only cares about George, and I need someone who cares about Patty Lapone. Of course. Obviously. And then I'm probably going to marry Mandy as Mandy in Pat- An Evening with Patty and Mandy because that's just us, and that's what you want over dinner as you get old, you know? And then. I'm going to fuck Che, because if you care that much about social justice, you deserve to get it. (laughs) Well, thank you, Patty, for playing Mary Fuck Kill Patty Edition. Patty (laughs) LaPone. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> of I'm, course, I'm of course. Settled. I'm settled. <laughs> that was fun. I haven't improved in so long. And I also do a closing segment with my guests where I ask them, who was the last actress that made you feel something? Oh, man. I mean, because I watched Patti Lapone in uh, Gypsy last night, I would have to say that it was her, as yeah. cliche and as stupid as that is. Um, it was such happenstance. It's a fucking brilliant performance. And, like, anyone listening, I hope I didn't, like, ruin it, but, like, immediately go watch it. She's It's so good. I'm sure she would be very upset that this video exists, but I... I am so happy to have it canonized so that I can enjoy it. It was oh. so good. Oh, of course. I mean, and I just wish we had a filmed version of it. That's all I wish. Well, totally. I And, you know, it, I think there's something so... Uh, bootlegs are so controversial. I know there was that whole Patty Murin controversy, mm-hmm. but, like, I, I think it gives access to these incredible geniuses that are working constantly that aren't just your normal household name. I mean, obviously Patty is, but like Leon Larkin's in there, Boyd Gaines, you know, yeah. it's like there are people that uh, it's, it's I, I love the bootleg market. God bless them. God oh. bless those good people. They're doing, they're doing the good work. They're, they're, they're doing God's work. God's work. <laughs> well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. The thank podcast. you for having me. Yeah. yeah there, thank you. Do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you on the social medias? Ah, if uh, I mean, clearly you're probably here because you know who Patty Lapone is. Um, so uh, at inappropriate Patty, which even I still have trouble spelling um, <laughs> on Instagram. That's where you'll find me. And there's a lot of amazing content there. So if you are not, have you not discovered inappropriate Patty, do yourself a favor. <laughs> uh, yeah, just thank you so much for coming again. Uh, yeah, thank so you so much fun. for having me. Yeah, yeah, we get to talk forever. Just one more big thank you to Jonathan Hoover for coming on the show. I had such a great time talking about everything Patty Lapone with you. And like he said, you can follow him and the hilarious impressions at Inappropriate Patty. And if you want to follow In Another World, you can follow at In Another World Pod on Instagram or at IAW Podcast on Twitter. And if you could please, 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 please rate and review the podcast if you're enjoying it on Apple Podcasts, it really helps out uh, the spread of all of this gayness just all across our great nation and our world and such as the universe. So I hope you all had an amazing time with this hilarious man today. And I will see you all again next week for the next episode of In Another World. Bye.